Number 73, Amygdala Hijacking. It is common for survivors of trauma to experience debilitating trigger responses, flashbacks and suffer issues with regards to interpersonal reactions and relationships. As a survivor becomes triggered or experiences activation of their 4F response type, or survival mode, difficulties ensue with reasoning, planning, emotional response and decision-making. When the survival mode becomes activated, individual ability to reason and think rationally dissipates due to the reduction of activity found within the frontal lobe. I'm sure that this all sounds rather complicated and difficult to understand but in short, individuals who perceive danger or threat lose their ability to rationally think, make decisions or plan during the time of perceived danger and in some cases a time thereafter. Survivors of trauma commonly report instances of being triggered and associated responses as creating issue within their lives. A trigger is a stimulus which activates the survival response creating fear, panic, flashbacks and physiological symptoms. Triggers can directly impact a survivor's personal life. Types of trigger. Triggers related to traumatic events can vary in type and intensity for each survivor. Some triggers can be extremely subtle and hard to recognize, whilst other triggers may seem obvious or directly linked to the original traumas. A trigger is an automatic reaction to a stimulus in one's environment which causes the amygdala to hijack the frontal lobe, reasoning center, producing strong instinctual reactions. Triggers may come in many forms such as, specific sounds, places or smells which reminds the survivor of the original traumas, specific people related to the traumas experienced, certain noises, even noises unrelated to past events as certain frequencies of sound have been shown to stimulate these responses and can produce breakneck reactions and 4F reliance, fight, flight, fawn, freeze, also known as amygdala hijacking. It is common for survivors of trauma to experience debilitating trigger responses, flashbacks and suffer issues with regards to interpersonal reactions and relationships. As a survivor becomes triggered or experiences activation of their 4F response type, or survival mode, difficulties ensue with reasoning, planning, emotional response and decision-making. When the survival mode becomes activated, individual ability to reason and think rationally dissipates due to the reduction of activity found within the frontal lobe. D. Goldman. 1995, coined the term, amygdala hijacking in his literature, emotional intelligence, why it can mean more than IQ. Amygdala hijacking occurs when a situation causes the 4F survival mode to become activated, disabling the frontal lobe. Without the frontal lobe, an individual is physiologically unable to think clearly, make decisions or control their responses. Control thus becomes hijacked by the amygdala. Goleman, 1995, Further this theory by stating that emotional intelligence is the ultimate defense to amygdala hijacking. Emotional intelligence and its use in managing emotions, guiding behavior and allowing an individual an additional ability to think clearer increases functioning during activation of survival mode. Emotional intelligence is the recognizing, understanding and influencing of one's inner emotions and feelings in a balanced way. It can really add that extra layer to a survivor's recovery journey, Having a strong level of emotional intelligence allows a survivor to effectively navigate difficulties that trauma may cause in positive ways which are less likely to cause severe inner distress or consequence. It is in ways difficult to acquire, emotions can be feared by individuals who have an experience of trauma and this seems to be especially true with regards to complex and developmental trauma. In terms of the brain. The amygdala. The amygdala is part of the limbic system, our lizard brain, and is key in processing strong emotions such as, fear and pleasure. It is a collection of cells located near the base of the brain, there are actually two, one in each hemisphere which deals with associating memory with emotion, emotional memory. The amygdala is where emotions get meaning, 
are remembered and attached to associated responses and where the survival response is located. 4F Responses Theorists suggest there to be two responses which are activated by the survival response, fight and flight. Recent research however provides us with an additional two responses, freeze and fawn, there has been limited research showing five responses however for the purpose of this piece I will refer to peer-reviewed research being a 4F. Pete Walker, 2013, researched the 4F response, and showed individuals tending to fall into one of four categories, later research provided cross-categories, fight, flight, freeze and fawn. The 4F and survival mode has evolved alongside humans. Once required in order to protect, hunt and survive environmental stimuli, this has become an innate and automatic response to perceived physical danger. The activation of the 4F response and survival mode allows quick breakneck reactions due to its ability to shut down other areas of brain function such as thought, reasoning and planning. Recent studies show there to be somewhat of a modern difficulty in terms of amygdala response. Our lives have now evolved to a stage where threat is reduced in terms of physical safety. In this modern era, technology actually provides a higher risk than threats from the outside world. In a sense, we are more likely to be victim to inadvertent threat as opposed to threat coming directly from our environment. There are no more saber-toothed tigers roaming the street. We don't need to fight or kill to survive. Quite the opposite. The amygdala automatically activates the 4F response by sending out signals which begin to release stress hormones which actually prepare your body to run away fight, hide or people please. 4F responses are triggered by emotion, fear, anxiety, aggression and anger. These can be important to note as they are useful to remember, making identification of triggers easier. It is also important to note that individuals who have experienced trauma either in developmental phases or in multiple forms in adulthood may actually be victim to their own perception at times. Trauma survivors often misinterpret tone, facial expression and motive as their inner fears confuse their perceptive ability. It is common for a survivor of trauma to build a strong defense mechanism so as to avoid further instances of abuse, making them plan and execute interaction in such ways that minimizes the chances of abuse. Such defense mechanisms can be beneficial, however, constant use can become maladaptive in terms of forming and maintaining future relationships. In cases where individuals may have experienced multiple episodes of abuse, the amygdala can become stuck on. This is not to state that in such cases an individual experiences a chronic amygdala hijack, however it will undoubtedly have implications with regards to individual interaction and relationship quality. The frontal lobe. The frontal lobes are two large areas at the front part of the cerebral cortex. As time has progressed, the cerebral cortex has also evolved to be more rational and advanced in terms of brain systems. The cerebral cortex includes thinking, planning, reasoning and decision-making and can become impacted following activation of 4F responses. The frontal lobe allows an individual to process and think about emotions, determining a logical and rational response of amygdala processing and subsequent activation. It is said that the response to fear and other emotional stimuli is therefore controlled by the individual. It is a natural and automatic response that individuals who sense danger face automatic activation of 4F responses. This occurs immediately and at what can be frightening speeds. However, at the same time, frontal lobes are processing this information in order to determine if danger really is present and the most logical response to this. When the threat is perceived to be mild-slash-moderate the frontal lobe overrides the amygdala and you can respond in the most rational way. However, when the perceived threat is strong, the amygdala acts quickly and can overpower the frontal lobe, auto-triggering 4F responses. The key to recognizing this has been activated comes from the realization that when a feeling causes a strong emotional reaction, 
anger slash aggression or fear, it switches on the survival mode. This results in sudden, often illogical and irrational overreactions to the situation at times leading to feelings of regret due to the action and consequence of individual behavior. Symptoms of amygdala hijacking. As stress hormones are released, physiological reactions begin to take action within the mind and body producing various symptoms which can be hard to deal with and recognize at times. Cortisol and adrenaline are both released from adrenal glands in preparation for 4F response and activation of amygdala. Cortisol is a steroid hormone which affects bodily functions including the preparation of 4F responses. Adrenaline slash epinephrine is released to stimulate body systems so they can physically respond to threat and thus we see the following occur. Airways become relaxed and open allowing for increased oxygen volumes within body, this helps blood flow, muscles and increases transport of hormones throughout the entire body. Blood flow becomes increased, especially to muscles for maximum speed and strength. Blood sugar rises allowing for increased energy and pupils dilate, enhancing vision. Noticeable symptoms of amygdala hijacking include, increased heart rate, sweaty palms, goosebumps, tremors slash tick slash shaking, headaches, dry mouth, nausea and memory loss. The physiological effects of amygdala hijacking make an individual sound superhuman, in a way, that is true. What is interesting however is those individuals who face constant hyperactivity within the amygdala. In such cases cortisol can actually decrease and reach lower levels than normal, causing its own issues. Prolonged stress states rate havoc on an individual's body and it is important to nullify these in any way possible. Remember, that possible becomes reality only when explored. How to stop the amygdala when IT has become activated? The amygdala can be eased or stopped through consciously activating the prefrontal cortex, rational part, but this of course takes practice. Acknowledging the feeling of threat, stress and also fact that one's 4F responses have become activated is helpful in bringing the frontal lobe back to function. Moving on to having an awareness of which emotions are being felt at the time, which body reactions occur. Reflection is best achieved when the frontal lobe has returned to function. When individuals notice that the 4F response has become activated their goal should then become calming down and taking control. It can be helpful to remind oneself that what you feel is a normal automatic response, Normalizing this can really reduce the impact that the amygdala creates within the brain and engages the prefrontal cortex. Focusing on breathing can also be helpful to practice. Focus on breathing slowly, evenly, thinking about speed and rhythm and noticing how the body reacts with each breath. Research suggests being aware of the 6 seconds rule helpful in cases of amygdala hijacking. The 6 seconds rule denotes that in times of stress it takes the amygdala 6 seconds to return to normal. I personally have not found research specifically regarding this effectiveness with regards to single and multiple event trauma however it is something to keep in mind. Prevention Of course, understanding ways to stop the amygdala hijacking one's frontal lobe is imperative. Preventing the amygdala from becoming a catalyst in this change reaction is preferred. This can be achieved and can require a great deal of patience and practice. In preventing amygdala hijacking, individuals should attempt to identify what triggered the reaction in the first instance. When the symptoms of amygdala hijacking present themselves, notice what is happening around that may have just triggered this response. Anything which causes emotional, physical or mental stress can lead to a trigger. This can be important and beneficial to note down. Obviously, specific triggers will also play a part and these are as individual as the initial trauma. Just as every trauma differs, every individual reaction and response will differ. Mindfulness can aid in remaining in the present and being aware of what body sensations, emotions and thoughts float to the surface. It is important not to label or judge the situation as good or bad, 
rather focus only on the current moment in time, not future tasks or issues. Mindfulness takes practice as does any part of recovery however it can be practiced anywhere, in the car, on a walk or in front of the TV. Take time to focus on what you are thinking and feeling and also what is happening around you, write these down for future reflection on paper, in a journal or in a blog. At first, the mind will quickly wander, with more practice this becomes less and easier to stay within the present moment. It can be helpful to focus on your breath during this point, on air moving in and air moving out. Noting the changes and being aware in that moment. Two main techniques to practice in taking control of amygdala, reasoning and meditation. Reasoning is extremely helpful in increasing the functioning of the PFC and frontal lobe. In order to lessen the impact of 4F response, reasoning will reactivate the frontal lobe allowing for quicker recovery and lessening of amygdala reactions. Meditation is used in order to change the focus from survival to reflection, ease and acceptance. Meditation is not suitable for everyone and for those who find meditation difficult. Playing background music may help. Other forms include guided meditation, imagery, yoga, pilates, trauma release exercises and just getting the heart rate up in general. The nature of trauma itself may cause a survivor to fear emotion and perceived consequence due to past experience associating strong emotion with abuse or toxic behavior. In many cases of developmental and complex trauma, an individual may have been subject to patterns of abuse and as time, and events, progress, it starts to ingrain within one's inner psyche. It shapes interaction and changes lives at the very basic of levels and in so many ways. This has its own set of consequences however for a recovering survivor, it can serve to test a most resilient of warrior. Goleman showed through repetition and practice, individuals can build emotional intelligence. It is through practicing remaining calm and controlling emotions when they begin to overwhelm that truly puts a spin on recovery and increasing one's ability to function in some capacity even through activation of 4F responses. Of course, awareness is fundamental in every aspect of recovery. It has become commonplace for the NHS to offer CBT as a first port of call in respect to treatment for trauma survivors. CBT does address emotional intelligence skills however does so through minimal sessions. It can take a trauma survivor many years in which to build a strong level of emotional intelligence and can be a daunting and strenuous path of which poses many tests along the way. Support is paramount and key in recovery and for many individuals the only genuine support they receive is that of therapy sessions offered to them by the NHS. This six-week course which currently has a waiting time of a minimum of 18 months, is not long-term enough in which to provide benefit to a survivor. Support can be accessed through online means and especially in this period of lockdown and COVID online support can really catalyze an individual's recovery in huge ways. It provides an individual with a sense of anonymity and safety. Online support can be totally controlled by the self and accessed whenever required. Many online communities have members active 24 hours a day. This supportive environment can provide individuals with a platform in which to seek advice, trial interaction and benefit from the relative safety that it naturally brings. There is a sense of comfort gained in interacting from one safe zone coupled with ease of access and being that support can be available literally anywhere and any point throughout one's day. Online platforms as a means of support has its cons and those should be measured against its benefits adequately. Online platforms benefit from their anonymous nature however this also gives them a sense of danger if used incorrectly. Just as many survivors access support online, many abusers use online platforms in order to carry out abuse or manipulation. There is a sense that online, anyone can interact in whatever way they please and this can have obvious consequences for those who have life experience of being abused. Number 73, Amygdala Hijacking. It is common for survivors of trauma to experience debilitating trigger responses, 
flashbacks and suffer issues with regards to interpersonal reactions and relationships. As a survivor becomes triggered or experiences activation of their 4F response type, or survival mode, difficulties ensue with reasoning, planning, emotional response and decision making. When the survival mode becomes activated, individual ability to reason and think rationally dissipates due to the reduction of activity found within the frontal lobe. I'm sure that this all sounds rather complicated and difficult to understand but in short, individuals who perceive danger or threat lose their ability to rationally think, make decisions or plan during the time of perceived danger and in some cases a time thereafter. Survivors of trauma commonly report instances of being triggered and associated responses as creating issue within their lives. A trigger is a stimulus which activates the survival response creating fear, panic, flashbacks and physiological symptoms. Triggers can directly impact a survivor's personal life. Types of trigger. Triggers related to traumatic events can vary in type and intensity for each survivor. Some triggers can be extremely subtle and hard to recognize whilst other triggers may seem obvious or directly linked to the original traumas. A trigger is an automatic reaction to a stimulus in one's environment which causes the amygdala to hijack the frontal lobe, reasoning center, producing strong instinctual reactions. Triggers may come in many forms such as, specific sounds, places or smells which reminds the survivor of he original traumas, specific people related to the traumas experienced, certain noises, even noises unrelated to past events as certain frequencies of sound have been shown to stimulate these responses and can produce breakneck reactions and 4F reliance, fight, flight, fawn, freeze, also known as amygdala hijacking. It is common for survivors of trauma to experience debilitating trigger responses, flashbacks and suffer issues with regards to interpersonal reactions and relationships. As a survivor becomes triggered or experiences activation of their 4F response type, or survival mode, difficulties ensue with reasoning, planning, emotional response and decision making. When the survival mode becomes activated, individual ability to reason and think rationally dissipates due to the reduction of activity found within the frontal lobe. I'm sure that this all sounds rather complicated and difficult to understand but in short, individuals who perceive danger or threat lose their ability to rationally think, make decisions or plan during the time of perceived danger and in some cases a time thereafter. D. Goleman 1995, coined the term, amygdala hijacking in his literature, emotional intelligence, why it can mean more than IQ. Amygdala hijacking occurs when a situation causes the 4F survival mode to become activated, disabling the frontal lobe. Without the frontal lobe, an individual is physiologically unable to think clearly, make decisions or control their responses. Control thus becomes hijacked by the amygdala. Goleman, 1995, furthered this theory by stating that emotional intelligence is the ultimate defense to amygdala hijacking. Emotional intelligence and its use in managing emotions, guiding behavior, and allowing an individual an additional ability to think clearer increases functioning during activation of survival mode. Emotional intelligence is the recognizing, understanding and influencing of one's inner emotions and feelings in a balanced way. It can really add that extra layer to a survivor's recovery journey, having a strong level of emotional intelligence allows a survivor to effectively navigate difficulties that trauma may cause in positive ways which are less likely to cause severe inner distress or consequence. It is in ways difficult to acquire. Emotions can be feared by individuals who have an experience of trauma and this seems to be especially true with regards to complex and developmental trauma. In terms of the brain. The amygdala. The amygdala is part of the limbic system, our lizard brain, and is key in processing strong emotions such as, fear and pleasure. It is a collection of cells located near the base of the brain. There are actually two, one in each hemisphere which deals with associating memory with emotion, emotional memory. 
The amygdala is where emotions get meaning, are remembered and attached to associated responses, and where the survival response is located. 4F Responses Theorists suggest there to be two responses which are activated by the survival response, fight and flight. Recent research however provides us with an additional two responses, freeze and fawn, there has been limited research showing five responses however for the purpose of this piece I will refer to peer-reviewed research being of 4F. Pete Walker, 2013, researched the 4F response and showed individuals tending to fall into one of four categories, later research provided cross-categories, fight, flight, freeze and fawn. The 4F in survival mode has evolved alongside humans. Once required in order to protect, hunt and survive environmental stimuli, this has become an innate and automatic response to perceived physical danger. The activation of the 4F response in survival mode allows quick breakneck reactions due to its ability to shut down other areas of brain function such as thought, reasoning and planning. Recent studies show there to be somewhat of a modern difficulty in terms of amygdala response. Our lives have now evolved to a stage where threat is reduced in terms of physical safety. In this modern era, technology actually provides a higher risk than threats from the outside world. In a sense, we are more likely to be victim to inadvertent threat as opposed to threat coming directly from our environment. There are no more saber-toothed tigers roaming the street. We don't need to fight or kill to survive, quite the opposite. The amygdala automatically activates the 4F response by sending out signals which begin to release stress hormones which actually prepare your body to run away fight, hide or people please. 4F responses are triggered by emotion, fear, anxiety, aggression and anger. These can be important to note as they are useful to remember, making identification of triggers easier. It is also important to note that individuals who have experienced trauma either in developmental phases or in multiple forms in adulthood may actually be victim to their own perception at times. Trauma survivors often misinterpret tone, facial expression and motive as their inner fears confuse their perceptive ability. It is common for a survivor of trauma to build a strong defense mechanism so as to avoid further instances of abuse, making them plan and execute interaction in such ways that minimizes the chances of abuse. Such defense mechanisms can be beneficial, however, constant use can become maladaptive in terms of forming and maintaining future relationships. In cases where individuals may have experienced multiple episodes of abuse, the amygdala can become stuck on. This is not to state that in such cases an individual experiences a chronic amygdala hijack, however it will undoubtedly have implications with regards to individual interaction and relationship quality. The frontal lobe. The frontal lobes are two large areas at the front part of the cerebral cortex. As time has progressed, the cerebral cortex has also evolved to be more rational and advanced in terms of brain systems. The cerebral cortex includes, thinking, planning, reasoning and decision-making and can become impacted following activation of 4F responses. The frontal lobe allows an individual to process and think about emotions, determining a logical and rational response of amygdala processing and subsequent activation. It is said that the response to fear and other emotional stimuli is therefore controlled by the individual. It is a natural and automatic response that individuals who sense danger face automatic activation of 4F responses. This occurs immediately and at what can be frightening speeds. However, at the same time, frontal lobes are processing this information in order to determine if danger really is present and the most logical response to this. When the threat is perceived to be mild-slash-moderate the frontal lobe overrides the amygdala and you can respond in the most rational way. However when the perceived threat is strong, the amygdala acts quickly and can overpower the frontal lobe, auto-triggering 4F responses. The key to recognizing this has been activated comes from the realization that when a feeling causes a strong emotional reaction, anger-slash-aggression or fear, 
it switches on the survival mode. This results in sudden, often illogical and irrational overreactions to the situation at times leading to feelings of regret due to the action and consequence of individual behavior. Symptoms of amygdala hijacking. As stress hormones are released, physiological reactions begin to take action within the mind and body producing various symptoms which can be hard to deal with and recognize at times. Cortisol and adrenaline are both released from adrenal glands in preparation for 4F response and activation of amygdala. Cortisol is a steroid hormone which affects bodily functions including the preparation of 4F responses. Adrenaline-slash-epinephrine is released to stimulate body systems so they can physically respond to threat and thus we see the following occur. Airways become relaxed and open allowing for increased oxygen volumes within body, this helps blood flow, muscles and increases transport of hormones throughout the entire body. Blood flow becomes increased, especially to muscles for maximum speed and strength. Blood sugar rises allowing for increased energy and pupils dilate, enhancing vision. Noticeable symptoms of amygdala hijacking include, increased heart rate, sweaty palms, goosebumps, tremors slash ticks slash shaking, headaches, dry mouth, nausea and memory loss. The physiological effects of amygdala hijacking make an individual sound superhuman, in a way, that is true. What is interesting however is those individuals who face constant hyperactivity within the amygdala. In such cases cortisol can actually decrease and reach lower levels than normal, causing its own issues. Prolonged stress states raid havoc on an individual's body and it is important to nullify these in any way possible. Remember, that possible becomes reality only when explored. How to stop the amygdala when IT has become activated. The amygdala can be eased or stopped through consciously activating the prefrontal cortex, rational part, but this of course takes practice. Acknowledging the feeling of threat, stress and also fact that one's 4F responses have become activated is helpful in bringing the frontal lobe back to function. Moving on to having an awareness of which emotions are being felt at the time, which body reactions occur. Reflection is best achieved when the frontal lobe has returned to function. When individuals notice that the 4F response has become activated their goal should then become calming down and taking control. It can be helpful to remind oneself that what you feel is a normal automatic response. Normalizing this can really reduce the impact that the amygdala creates within the brain and engages the prefrontal cortex. Focusing on breathing can also be helpful to practice. Focus on breathing slowly, evenly, thinking about speed and rhythm and noticing how the body reacts with each breath. Research suggests being aware of the 6 seconds rule helpful in cases of amygdala hijacking. The 6 seconds rule denotes that in times of stress it takes the amygdala 6 seconds to return to normal. I personally have not found research specifically regarding this effectiveness with regards to single and multiple event trauma however it is something to keep in mind. Prevention. Of course, understanding ways to stop the amygdala hijacking one's frontal lobe is imperative. Preventing the amygdala from becoming a catalyst in this change reaction is preferred. This can be achieved and can require a great deal of patience and practice. In preventing amygdala hijacking, individuals should attempt to identify what triggered the reaction in the first instance. When the symptoms of amygdala hijacking present themselves, notice what is happening around that may have just triggered this response. Anything which causes emotional, physical or mental stress can lead to a trigger. This can be important and beneficial to note down. Obviously, specific triggers will also play a part and these are as individual as the initial trauma. Just as every trauma differs, every individual reaction and response will differ. Mindfulness can aid in remaining in the present and being aware of what body sensations, emotions and thoughts float to the surface. It is important not to label or judge the situation as good or bad, rather focus only on the current moment in time, not future tasks or issues. 
Mindfulness takes practice as does any part of recovery however it can be practiced anywhere, in the car, on a walk or in front of the TV. Take time to focus on what you are thinking and feeling and also what is happening around you, write these down for future reflection on paper, in a journal or in a blog. At first, the mind will quickly wander, with more practice this becomes less and easier to stay within the present moment. It can be helpful to focus on your breath during this point, on air moving in and air moving out. Noting the changes and being aware in that moment. Two main techniques to practice in taking control of amygdala, reasoning and meditation. Reasoning is extremely helpful in increasing the functioning of the PFC and frontal lobe. In order to lessen the impact of 4F response, reasoning will reactivate the frontal lobe allowing for quicker recovery and lessening of amygdala reactions. Meditation is used in order to change the focus from survival to reflection, ease and acceptance. Meditation is not suitable for everyone and for those who find meditation difficult. Playing background music may help. Other forms include guided meditation, imagery, yoga, Pilates, trauma release exercises, and just getting the heart rate up in general. The nature of trauma itself may cause a survivor to fear emotion and perceived consequence due to past experience associating strong emotion with abuse or toxic behavior. In many cases of developmental and complex trauma, an individual may have been subject to patterns of abuse and as time and events progress, it starts to ingrain within one's inner psyche. It shapes interaction and changes lives at the very basic of levels and in so many ways. This has its own set of consequences however for a recovering survivor, it can serve to test to most resilient of warrior. Goldman showed through repetition and practice, individuals can build emotional intelligence. It is through practicing remaining calm and controlling emotions when they begin to overwhelm that truly puts a spin on recovery and increasing one's ability to function in some capacity even through activation of 4F responses. Of course, awareness is fundamental in every aspect of recovery. It has become commonplace for the NHS to offer CBT as a first port of call in respect to treatment for trauma survivors. CBT does address emotional intelligence skills however does so through minimal sessions. It can take a trauma survivor many years in which to build a strong level of emotional intelligence and can be a daunting and strenuous path of which poses many tests along the way. Support is paramount and key in recovery and for many individuals the only genuine support they receive is that of therapy sessions offered to them by the NHS. This six-week course which currently has a waiting time of a minimum of 18 months, is not long-term enough in which to provide benefit to a survivor. Support can be accessed through online means and especially in this period of lockdown and COVID online support can really catalyze an individual's recovery in huge ways. It provides an individual with a sense of anonymity and safety. Online support can be totally controlled by the self and accessed whenever required. Many online communities have members active 24 hours a day. This supportive environment can provide individuals with a platform in which to seek advice, trial interaction and benefit from the relative safety that it naturally brings. There is a sense of comfort gained in interacting from one safe zone coupled with ease of access in being that support can be available literally anywhere and any point throughout one's day. Online platforms as a means of support has its cons and those should be measured against its benefits adequately. Online platforms benefit from their anonymous nature however this also gives them a sense of danger if used incorrectly. Just as many survivors access support online, many abusers use online platforms in order to carry out abuse or manipulation. There is a sense that online, anyone can interact in whatever way they please and this can have obvious consequences for those who have life experience of being abused. 